Hey everyone, welcome to Twisted Talks. I'm Josh. I'm Tanya. I like how you do a little... Every time, every time Josh does the intro, he gives you a little peace sign, even though you can't see him. I exactly. think it's the cutest thing ever. It's... Well, you always cute. do, and you always do it behind the laptop, so you'll go, Hey everyone, welcome to Twisted Talks, and you're just doing the peace sign the whole time. You know, it's shake cute. it off. It's cute. He wishes you nothing but peace. Unless and prosperity. You're a mur- and prosperity. Unless you're a murderer, then it's... Then it's the other way around. The then way. it's reverse peace. <laughs> I want all your peace and prosperity for myself. If you're a murderer, I just don't think, I think that might be tainted. I don't think I want that. I'll, I'll fucking take it. Honestly, <laughs> I could do with it. Eat your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? It wasn't until we did that case and I listened to that song again. I was like, oh my god, Jesus Christ! What song is that? Dark for? Horse, Katy Perry, and and. And someone else that I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember either. But Kesha also has a song that references. Uh, yeah. What is it? Um. Oh, what song is it? Yeah. No, I know what you're on about. I'll eat your heart like Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know. I'll eat your heart out, like Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Anyway, right. Uh, by the way, we've already done Jeffrey Dahmer. If you've not heard a previous episode, so that's not what this one is. No, this is not. This is. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just I'm I'm half dead today and so is Josh but this is the New Year's special and also the first episode of season 2. Yes, which we are recording in 2022 because I'm going away for New Year's and this is the only day that we could actually record. Exactly. So happy 28th of December. Even though for you, it is the 2nd of January 2023. So happy New Year's. Exactly. So today's case is being covered by me. And it is the case of Ben Smart and Olivia Hope. Now I had vaguely heard of this case before I started researching it. But as I said, vaguely. And I don't Um, think I've ever heard of it. And I was kind of blown away by how little... I was able to find on the victims and on what happened to them. Okay. So this case is solved but unsolved. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So tonight, today, this evening, whatever time of the day it is for you, we are going back to New Year's in New Zealand, uh, 1997 going into 1998. Oh, I was like three days old. I literally, I have here, me and Josh were babies. Matter of fact, Josh is a newborn. Welcome to the world, Josh. (laughs) So Ben Smart, who was 21, and his friend Olivia Hope, who was 17, have travelled to Fernow Lodge in the Endeavour Inlet of the Marlborough Sounds for a New Year's Eve party. According to one source, Ben arrived separately while Olivia arrived with her sister Amelia on a yacht called the Tamarack. That sounds like something out of a Marvel movie. It does, yeah. uh, The Tamarack. Uh, Oh, you're thinking of the, the Tesseract. There we go. Yeah. Um, so the lodge had no road access and could only be reached by water, hence them arriving by yacht. Um, and there was water taxis and everything as well. So they partied at the lodge celebrating New Year's Eve until the early hours of New Year's Day when the party began to wind down. Um, so... <coughs> Excuse me. There was a barman named Guy Wallace. We'll get more onto him later. But he was operating a water taxi and... Um, a couple of people had come up to him to to ask, could he take them to their... I don't know how I feel about being that secluded. Me either, but um, a couple of people had come up to him throughout the clean-up asking if he would bring them to where they were staying for the night. And when they got to the water taxi, Ben and Olivia were waiting there, also hoping to get a spin back to the Tamarack. 
which is where they were staying. So, um, when Ben and Olivia headed back to the Tamarack at about 4am to get some sleep, they discovered that some freeloaders, that's the exact word used, freeloaders, had um, essentially taken their bunks and there was no space left for them to sleep on the Tamarack. And the Tamarack is the name of what again? The yacht. The yacht. Olivia's yacht. Olivia's. Olivia. Oh, Olivia has her own yacht. Well, I don't know well, if it's her own yacht. Maybe it was a rental, it's, who knows? It's the yacht that her and her sister had arrived on yes. and suddenly there was no I more I still room. can't get over the name of it. The Tamarack. Um, as well, this is in New Zealand, so there would be some names that are kind of like interesting and funky yeah. and things like that. Um, so, as I said, the Tamarack was full. There was no room at the inn, nowhere to sleep. Um, so they were eager to get back to shore and find somewhere to sleep. So the two got back into the water taxi, which was being driven by Guy Wallace, who was the lodge bartender. The other passengers on board were Hayden Morrissey, Sarah Dyer and a lone unknown man. This man offered Ben and Olivia a place to sleep on his yacht. They both agreed. So Wallace dropped the three of them off at the yacht, which he said was more of a catch, which we'll get into later. It's okay. two totally different types of yachts. Of boats. <laughs> yotes. <laughs> of yotes. <Yodley. laughs> <laughs> two totally different types of boats. And then Wallace dropped his other two passengers off at their holiday home and headed back himself to get Wouldn't you love to have a holiday home? Honestly, it's all I want from life. I'd be living in it permanently though, so it probably wouldn't be yeah. much of a holiday home. Just a, just, just a house in the woods where no one can reach me. Yes. Beautiful. Except emergency <laughs> services in case of emergency. Yeah. But honestly, just just leave me be. And then there shall be no emergency. <laughs> <laughs> so on January 2nd, after Ben and Olivia didn't return home, both of their parents, both sets of parents, the Smarts and the Hopes, put, reported them missing. Police immediately began investigating and the case was later assigned the name Operation TAM, which was an abbreviation from Tamarack. Okay. Police began to wonder if... And I'm assuming their, their blah, 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 last scene was dropped off at that other yacht. Yeah, they were never seen... Again. Or boat, whatever it was. Uh, so they were never seen again after being dropped off. And that, they were dropped off by the water taxi? By the water taxi. Okay. Um, so police immediately begin investigating. It gets the code name Operation Tam. Police begin to wonder if this could be a murder case. And they begin searching for this lone unknown man from the water taxi. Initially, police had treated the case as a missing persons case. But it was considered extremely out of character for either Ben or Olivia to not come home or make contact with their families they or their the friends. They weren't the type like, to be disappearing exactly. without someone knowing where they were. Exactly. Um, so Detective Inspector Rob Pope was put in charge of Operation Tam. I'm loving all the names in this. Yeah. The investigation was large with requests for the public to provide any information they may have. A significant amount of interviews were conducted across the country and over the course of months, um, extensive searches were also carried out in the waters around Endeavour Inlet, but no sign of Olivia or Ben was ever found. And that was going on months, like, so... Yeah, so there was, like, like Josh, when I say there was literally, to this day, nobody knows where these two are. Okay. Nobody knows where they are, if they're dead, if they're alive, where their bodies are, where so they So this is be. where the, obviously, obviously, I'm assuming we'll get onto it later, but I'm mm-hmm. assuming this is kind of why you said it started solved but unsolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah, so, I don't want to say anything in case I'm right, because I don't want to jump the gun. Let's, let's, let's move on. Now, every article that I found for this next bit, legit, like legitimately just said, police said this guy was responsible. Why? That's all. Like every single, every single article, except for the Wikipedia article, just said police said this guy was responsible, or police believed this guy was responsible, and that's why he was arrested. Um, so this next bit is from Wikipedia. 
Um, I've tried. I've verified as much of it as I can, and it does seem to be fairly fairly legit. Yeah. Um. So, with that said, police had very little to go on, but claimed that there were a number of descriptions of a Scott Watson. I haven't done as Wilson here, but it's Watson from earlier in the night. And that these descriptions were similar to descriptions of the lone man from the water taxi, saying the man appeared, the the lone man, the the mystery man, appeared unkempt with wavy hair and needed a shave and a haircut. However, a photograph of Watson taken on the Mina Cornelia yacht where he had partied before going to Ferno Lodge that night shows him clean shaven and with short hair. And this is the water taxi man. This is who's supposedly the water taxi man. So police have said mm-hmm. he matches the description, but there are photographs of him from that night. Where he so how shown, can he match the description? Where he's shown to not match the description. Yeah. Okay. Now, as I as I said to you before this, you are going to get very annoyed and very frustrated because I know I did. So already the police are contradicting themselves here. They're saying that the mystery man from the water taxi is unkempt, needs a shave, needs a haircut, his hair is wavy. Scott Watson has been shown that night to have not matched that description at all. Not matched that description. He was clean shaven. Like I've seen photos, he was clean shaven. His hair wasn't long by any means. Like polar opposites. I would yeah. Say. So it's like, was there someone else doing a water taxi service uh, unofficially? I don't know. So, um, out in the prowl, literally. Uh, yeah. Now this is a direct quote from Wikipedia. Quote, police quickly focused their investigation on Watson. Later in the investigation, Pope would say Watson, quote, stood out like dog's balls. Like dog's balls? Yeah. And, quote, had the right sort of agenda and pedigree, apparently referring to his criminal record. Now, in terms of Watson's criminal record, he did have 48 convictions at this time. Oh, wow. Most from when he was a teenager, and these included burglary, theft, cannabis offences, two counts of possessing an offensive weapon and one count of assault when he was 16 years old. Watson had been in prison for two short periods of time in 1989 and 1990, but seemed to have turned a page in his 20s with just one conviction in the eight-year period leading up to New Year's And Eve. were the prison sentences related to what you already listed, or do we know were they for no something idea. else? I have no idea. I couldn't Because find realistically, it. most of his offences sound like petty crimes. That's exactly You know, it. it doesn't sound like... Okay, obviously there's an assault there, but that yeah. was when he was 16. He's Maybe 16, he just lost the rag. And he was now in his 20s. You know... Um, and hadn't had any other violent convictions that I know of in that eight-year period. Yeah, from so 1990 like, to 1997, Don't get me wrong; it's possible that he could still have snapped, but I don't see how it's it's not any more possible that anyone else without convictions could even snap. Exactly. It's not like he attempted to murder someone or anything. No, like there was no violent convictions apart from that assault, and I don't know the circumstances of that assault. It could yeah, have that been self-defense. Yeah, it could have been, been a bar fight. Defend someone. It could have been something that got out of hand. Maybe he was resisting arrest. I don't know. Yeah. Could have been, there's a lot of things that it could have been. Um, and I don't want to be spreading misinformation, of course. So, additionally, Scott Watson's boat, which was called Blade... Blade. Blade, which just every time I wrote Blade down on this, it made me think of the movie. Blade. That's what I was thinking as well. Um, so, so Watson's boat, Blade, was a 26-foot long yacht hosting a steel sloop with one mast and no portholes and looked nothing like the wooden catch, which is a two-masted sailboat that Guy Wallace, the water taxi driver, claimed to have dropped Ben, Olivia and the mystery man off at. So Wallace says he dropped the three off at the mystery man's well-maintained timber catch. It had a thick blue stripe on the hull and several round brass portholes. 
Hayden Morrissey, who was also a passenger on the, on the water taxi, also says that they did not drop the three off. No, sorry, that they did drop the three off at a different boat and that it was not Blade. Okay. So now we've got two eyewitnesses. Confirming. Two of the last people to be seen with Olivia and Ben saying that Blade, Scott Watson's boat, was not the boat that they dropped them off at. Well, it doesn't sound anything like it by and the descriptions. The description they've given... It doesn't even given, sound like you could mix them up. Exactly. And the description that they have given is of a very distinctive boat with brass portholes and a big blue stripe. And wood. And wood. It's made of wood. Um, I can't remember exactly what Watson's boat was made of, but I think it was steel. And so Guy, is that one of the guys? Guy Wallace, the was, water taxi driver. He was the water taxi guy, driver. And Watson... Scott Watson, the suspect. Was just a suspect who happened to have a boat as well. Yeah. Like, okay. he, bear in mind now, Watson, as far as I know at this point, maybe it, I might contradict myself later, but from what I can remember right now... Up to this moment in time. ...was not actually on that water taxi. It was the mystery guy who they think was... Matches Watson. his description, even though going by photos earlier that night, there is no description oh, matching. Josh. So there's a mystery guy wait. on this water taxi as well that people are pointing the finger at the wrong person. Just you fucking yeah. wait. Just you wait. <laughs> So thousands of photos that were taken that night were analysed and according to police there was no corroboration of Wallace of Wallace's description of a catch in the Endeavour Inlet. Later at trial, the Crown claims that police eliminated every other boat seen that night, including 176 other yachts that were seen in the same vicinity as Watson's yacht at the time Wallace claimed to have dropped them off. Wallace is claiming to have dropped them off to a catch, not a yacht. Okay. There are two very different yeah. types of boats. Um, like a yacht is very distinctive. Yeah, and it's also possible that maybe this particular boat didn't show up in any pictures from that night. Maybe they were parked at a vantage point where no one could well, take pictures Well, if this mystery them. boat was going to be doing something shady, obviously they're going to try and make sure the boat is in a place where it's going to be out of kind of the mm-hmm. limelight. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just like lots of weird things. I feel like we're going to have a lot to discuss at the end of this. Yeah, because like so far there's no major kind of... There's nothing that stands out and to me to be able to point any fingers at anywhere, so I don't know how the police have a suspect. Exactly. Um, not saying that I'm better than the police, obviously, but yeah, you know what I mean. I like. know what you mean. Now, Detective Pope, if you remember, Rob Pope, the detective yes. in charge of Operation Tam. Every time I hear a Pope, I just think of scandal. Yeah. Later stated he did not believe that the catch existed. And despite... A number of witnesses coming forward to say that they had seen a two-masted catch that night. These witnesses say their statements were never followed up on or they were told that their information was not wanted. A former officer who worked the case, Mike Chappelle, also later claimed that officers were told not to follow up on sightings of two-masted catches. It's giving tunnel vision. It's giving a bit sus. It's like, is it tunnel vision as in, in the sense that like you're so like ego, ego like is heightened and you're stuck on what you want it to be more so than what it could be? Or is it a case of somebody's in with the police who owns these catches? I need my stronger vape for for the The fresh one. Yeah. Do you know, it's it's giving, like, yeah, as you said, tunnel vision. Do you know, having an ego, wanting it to be what you think it is and not wanting to be wrong? Yeah. Or it's giving someone has one foot in with the police. Yeah. Like, it's giving something isn't right. Like, there is something clearly sus here. Whether it's ego or whether it's... We know the person who has the catch and we're not doing this. 
exactly because I like as I was as I was doing the research on this I was thinking okay maybe it was a police officer that killed them or maybe someone related to a police officer killed them and it's all a cover up or maybe <clears throat> excuse me that's the word I was looking for it's given tunnel vision or cover up yeah um, but it also could be a case of the person who was on that catch just will never be caught because police didn't investigate this line of inquiry yeah um like they didn't do any investigation into it whatsoever from my perspective now i know they investigated a little bit but there's more that could have been done yeah yeah and they could have done it sooner witnesses and things um so it's possible that this person will never be caught because they have disposed of the bodies and they've disposed of the evidence they could have even sold the case but you're like what it's nearly 25 years ago exactly like it's fucking insane when you think about it. The reason I got that mad done so quick is because of my butt. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so police seized Watson's boat, Blade, and began to focus their investigation on him. One writer, Mike White, who was an investigative journalist for North and South, says that at this point of the investigation, a quote, public demonization of Watson began, with police often doing little to stop rumours about him that began swirling, end quote. Even though their evidence is absolutely horrendous and yeah. doesn't really point at him, but anywho. Oh, like, oh, just wait till we get to the trial, Josh, like... Oh, there's even a trial. There's, oh, God, like, there's so much to this case, and the sad part is, there's so much to this case, and it's not about the victims. Yeah. Like... Just, just, just hold, just wait. Just They're wait. too busy trying to get conviction, whether it's the right man or the wrong man, yeah. that the victims are being overshadowed. Exactly. Um, now, as rumours began to circulate about the Watson family, police ramped up the next stage of what they were calling Operation Kelt. They obtained warrants to tap Watson's phone, um, sorry, his phone lines, and collected over 70 hours of phone conversations. They even persuaded Watson's ex-girlfriend to ask him incriminating questions over the phone. At trial. At trial. So they've got him to trial. At trial. The jury only heard 40 minutes of edited recordings. Out of 70 hours. You can do a lot with 40 minutes of edited out of 70 hours. You can make someone sound guilty even if they're completely innocent. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> and police described him as, as smug during these phone conversations that they recorded, but he never said anything that indicated he had even the slightest involvement in the crime. Trying to plant a seed in the jurors' heads and hoping to take the bait, basically. Now, Watson alleges that the police influenced media coverage to make him look guilty. Well, they didn't, as you said a while ago, they didn't try and stop us. Nope. Um, they followed and intimidated his friends and family and that the police had alleged that Watson had previously had an incestuous affair with his sister. This last detail is actually corroborated by Olivia Hope's father, Gerald, as in Olivia, the girl that Scott is supposed to have murdered. Her dad has come out and said that police deliberately leaked details of Watson's criminal past and were behind the unsubstantiated claims of incest. So even he's saying that, like, these claims are un... Yeah. Like, you know, they're being done by the police. Yeah. And it's his daughter it's that's his missing. It's his daughter that's missing. Like, his child. And even he doesn't believe that this is the person, clearly, because otherwise, why would you be kind of defending yep. him in a way? Exactly. Because like, if you believed it's... it was them, you'd do everything you could to try and help get them behind bars. Exactly. But clearly, you're like, no, this doesn't add up. It's, even, and if he yeah. can be that, like, what's the word? Impartial. Impartial, that's it. If he well, not even that, impartial, because like, no, impartial um, kind of gives the... <clears throat> I don't like the word impartial because it kind of gives a connotation that he doesn't care. But, well, um, like, I mean, as objective. in, like... Objective. Objective, yeah. Objective. If he can look at it 
like objectively when it's yeah. his child that like, is missing put his feelings and his pain and he's his not letting his feelings and his pain want to pin it on someone that it's exactly not. he wants to but yet the police that, are doing that yeah like it's absolutely insane and it gets worse it does get worse in my opinion so on April 20th, 1998, Guy Wallace, who was the water taxi driver mm-hmm. and the barman at Ferno Lodge, was shown a photo lineup consisting of eight different photos. In one of these shots, Scott Watson had been caught mid-blink. This led to the appearance of him having hooded eyes, just like the mystery man. Now, as a result, Wallace picked Watson from the lineup and so did Roz Mc- McNeely. Okay. McNeely, I think it is the bar manager who had served the mystery man that night. Neither witness was shown any additional photos of Watson where he wasn't blinking or the photos of him on the Mina Cornelia where he was clean shaven with short hair. They just showed photos that suited what they want. Yep, and based on these identifications, Scott Watson was arrested for the murders of Ben Smart and Olivia Hope on June 15th, 1998. The two had been missing for around five months at this point. Later, both Wallace and McNeely recanted, stating... Quote, the police deceived them with the blink photo. So basically what it seems here, what happened is in the composite sketch um, given by these witnesses, the mystery man had hooded eyes. Okay. Yeah. So it just so happened that in one of the um, booking photos, Watson blinked. So I've it seen this like... photo. It doesn't. It honestly doesn't look like he was blinking. It does look like he has hooded eyes, just because of the way it was caught. Yeah. But in but other, he actually doesn't. In other photos of him, you can see clearly he does not have hooded it's, eyes. They're basically trying to frame him. They are like it's. it's they're like I've yeah, we're not going to actually. Like we're actually like, not I've going to do our never... job. We're not going to try and find the right person. We're just going to frame them and call it a day. Yeah, like I've <laughs> never seen anything like this. Like that's fucking crazy. Like absolutely crazy to me. Um. Now the trial attracted considerable media attention from the time that it began on June 10th of 1999 until it fin- until it finished and the verdicts were delivered on September 11th 1999. Now the crown called around 488 witnesses. The crown is the prosecution. Yeah. Um oh because you're New Zealand's part of the commonwealth isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um which I found very confusing when I was doing some research some research bits for this. Um so the Crown called around 488 witnesses and the two families felt wildly different about it, about the whole trial. and The two families being... Ben and Olivia's families. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Um, so Olivia's father, Gerald, felt that most of the prosecution's case was, quote, theatre. Yeah. And relied on relied heavily on emotional manipulation of the jurors. While Ben Smart's mother, Mary, said, quote, we think differently. As far as we are concerned, it was a fair and just trial, end quote. Now, after the trial's conclusion, Gerald Hope went to see the blade, the, the boat, for the himself. Boat, yeah. And he felt it was unlikely that Ben and Olivia could have been locked in such a small cabin. Like, as in both of them. Yeah, one maybe. Yeah, or that <clears> Olivia <throat> would have even entered the cabin as a place to sleep. Okay. So, like, as her father, he went and looked at the boat and he went, mm, no. I don't see my daughter stepping foot into that cabin to go to sleep. Yeah. And um, who's going to know her best? Exactly. So, in terms of theories, the police had only one. And this was that Scott Watson had invited Ben and Olivia to sleep on his boat, killed them and disposed of their bodies. Unfortunately, all of the evidence in this case is extremely reliant on circumstance and hearsay. 
Yeah. And the prosecution's case relied heavily on the identifications made by Guy Wallace and Ros McNeely, both of whom had presented affidavits claiming their identifications of Watson had been due to police misleading them with the blink photo. Therefore, they now didn't believe. They they that basically that was wanted to retract <clears throat> yeah, their statements. They were like, That's wrong. Yeah. Um. Oh God, where was I? Another water taxi driver named Don Anderson testified that he had dropped Scott Watson back to Blade between 2 and 4 a.m. And some occupants of nearby boats, the Mina Cornelia, which is where Watson had been partying before going to the lodge. Yeah. And Bianco. Where there was photos of him clean shaven. Exactly. And Bianco, which was another yacht that was nearby where he was um, parked up, I suppose. Um, oh, God, where am I again? Ted, so... Witnesses um, on the Mina Cornelia and the Bianco testified that they were woken up by Watson who wanted to party. Both the Crown and the defence agree that this trip took place. So both prosecution and defence agree that... That is true. That that is true. This water taxi driven by Don Anderson dropped him off between these hours. Um, Now this bit. Oh Lord, here we go. Hold on. So... Later in the trial, and this was quite late in the trial, that this theory surfaced. surfaced. Um, the Crown argued that Watson had returned to shore <clears throat> again after Anderson had dropped him back to the blade. But they could not say how, as in how yeah, he got do, back swim. to shore. Um, this would become known as the two-trip theory. According to the Crown's argument, it didn't matter that the prosecution couldn't prove how Watson got back to shore because witnesses claimed to have seen him involved in an altercation on shore between 3 and 3.30 a.m. Therefore, he must have gone back to shore. But is it so not, not possible, possible that that happened earlier and they just got the time wrong? Or that maybe it was someone that looked like or him. Or someone that looked like him. Yeah. Like That's this. not so concrete evidence at all. I just, I'm speechless. Like, yeah. The investigation... Is a joke. Is is beyond a joke. And, like... I don't understand how a judge could even take this seriously. I swear to God, like, I was reading all this, Josh, and I was like, what the actual fuck is going on? Like, what is happening? I'd actually throw the case and out I, like, and be like, come back when you actually look, have evidence. This is the first case that we have covered that happened in New Zealand, and I'm hoping this doesn't set the tone for how the justice <laughs> yeah. system in New Zealand is. Uh, any... Listeners in New Zealand, um, or yeah, send us some us case know. ideas as well if you want some New um, Zealand cases. Bob, I know you're listening. You live in New Zealand. You surely have good cases that you can suggest to us. Please, we're 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 covering your last suggestion next week. Come on, you can do it. If you're being cute. If you're being cute. Um, now, the only other evidence held by the defence was found when they seized Watson's boat on January twelfth, nineteen ninety eight. Um, the forensic, forensic examination of the boat turned up a number of human hairs on a blanket. Now, of the 400 hairs found <laughs> on this blanket, 400, four, zero, zero hairs on one blanket. Um, what the fuck was that? I don't know. I'm going to assume it's someone's bin. I thought someone was getting into the car. Um, so of the 400 hairs found on this blanket, two were said to be a match to Olivia's reddish gold hair type. So they weren't a DNA match to her. They were just a match to her hair tone. 
jumping the gun. At, at trial, Susan Vintner, who was a forensic biologist, said that one hair... Now, remember, they found two hairs... Yeah. ...that match the colour of Olivia's hair. Yeah. Only one of them was a DNA match to Olivia. Okay. Now, in my mind, if one of those reddish gold hairs is a match, the other one should also be a match. You would imagine. But it is possible that maybe... Because I think they extract the DNA from the root. So maybe the other one didn't have a so root. So maybe the other one didn't have a root. Um... Now, this evidence of this one hair matching Olivia's DNA was considered strong enough to overcome the uncertainty surrounding the identifications given and retracted by Wallace and McNeely. Mm. Prosecution also stated that Scott Watson had cleaned Blade thoroughly to destroy any evidence of Ben and Olivia being on board after he had killed them. The only fingerprints found on board were those of Scott and his sister Sandra Jo, who had sailed with her brother for a few days before the new year. Watson said he had cleaned the blade due to sea spray as he had had a rough trip from North Island just before New Year's Eve. Now, if he had thoroughly cleaned the boat to eliminate any signs of Ben and Olivia being there... I would dump the there, blanket as well. The, he would have dumped the blanket unless he was too stupid. But also his fingerprints and his sister's fingerprints wouldn't still be there because his sister's fingerprints predate yeah. Ben and Olivia going missing. So if it was such a thorough clean, why were those fingerprints there? Exactly. Realistically, all the fingerprints should still be there if those ones are, or yeah. at least a few. Exactly. Now, excuse me. And like, even to do with the hairs, like you could say anything to do with that. It was only two hairs and only one yeah. that we know was hers. And for it all could have been a case of one of her hairs got on him, he got home, put the blanket on, yeah. and went onto the blanket. Exactly. Um, but we'll get back to the hair. We'll circle. It'll come we'll, full circle. Uh, we'll circle back to that soon. Um, so prosecution showed the jury scratches found on the interior foam lining of the hatch cover on Watson's boat. Now, prosecution stated that the scratches could only be made with human fingernails and by someone trying to escape. However, this hatch could not be locked from the outside. So there was no way of holding someone captive. captive. It's more for if you want to lock yourself away from yeah. someone. And it's believed that with the positioning of the scratches, like where they were positioned on the inside of the hatch, yeah, yeah, that yeah. they could only have been made while the hatch was open. Yeah, so how are you trying to scratch your way out? So I think it's a case of if the hatch was like open up and the scratches were going downwards, then it happened when someone was walking down the steps. Whereas if the hatch was closed and the scratches were going like upwards, we'll say when the hatch was open, then it would be from someone inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, I don't know what direction the scratches and things were going in. That's just my personal yeah, 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 yeah. perspective. Um, but either way, it's a hatch that can only be locked and unlocked from the inside. Exactly. So how would you exactly trap someone without you also being in there with them and trying yeah. to keep them away from or it? Or sitting on top of the fucking hatch on the outside or something. But even if you put something on top of the hatch to keep it closed, that would have left evidence. It would have left scratches. It would have left marks. It would have left something, some kind of... Surely, yeah. Something. Um, now, so it's believed the positioning of the scratches meant that they could only have been caused while the hatch was open and Scott and Sandra Joe say the scratches were made by Scott Watson's nieces. Yeah, so yeah. I'm assuming those would be Sandra, Sandra Joe's kids. Yeah. Um, and obviously kids, I, I could tell you now, I work with kids, they could break iron if you gave them a chance. Oh yeah. Now at trial, the jury also heard from two witnesses only referred to as witness A and witness B and for simplicity's sake, I'm just going to call them A and B. 
So both A and B claim to have met Scott Watson while he was in prison on remand and both said that he had told them he was responsible for murdering Ben and Olivia. These statements... I'm sorry, where did these meet? In prison? Um, so in prison while he was on remand. So before he would have been sentenced. sentenced. He would have been held so in prison. So these probably... Would these have also been people waiting on remand? Because um, you'd hardly get put into general population so soon. They were either on remand or it was just the prison that he was on remand in. They were in that prison serving sentences for their own crimes. Yeah, and exactly. And if they were already like um, incarcerated, they'd say anything to try and shorten their sentence. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, we'll kind of get into it a little bit more. Um, but... So both A and B claim to have met Scott while he was in prison on remand and both both claim, sorry, both said that he had told them he was responsible for murdering Ben and Olivia. Now these statements were described by author John Golter as a bombshell and that it really, he said that it like really influenced the court case going forward. Okay. Um, which obviously it would, these are new statements from new witnesses who claim to have inside but, like, information. But like in my opinion, aren't these even trustworthy witnesses? Do you know what I, I mean? Know, like, I think you would have to... And who's just going to randomly, while you're on remand and your trial's not even finished, who's going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I did way, it. I, killed I did a little bit of killing. Just a little bit. Just a smidge. Um, however, A later admitted to numerous lawyers and to the New Zealand Herald that he had lied in court. He explained that while in prison at that time, he had been receiving death threats from a gang member and expressed that he had been due up for parole. He says police visit him, visited him 10 times over the course of the year leading up to the trial and that he had been pressured into making false accusations in his testimony. A said he, quote, chose to help police in the hope that they would be able to save him. B said that he and Watson interacted on multiple occasions and became good friends while they were both in Addington Prison. In actual truth and fact, B was never in the same cell as Watson and had very little opportunity to form any close bond or relationship with him. You know, like the type of close bond or relationship you might need for someone to confess murder, murder to you. yeah. So it sounded like a whole lot of bullshit here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, even to confess a double murder. Like B sounds like bullshit and A just sounds like doing what the police wanted in order yeah. to hopefully get help. So it later came out that B was granted the use of a car and a phone by police upon his release from prison in exchange for his testimony. So in September 1999, after an 11-week trial, Watson was found guilty of the murders of Ben Smart and Olivia Hope. Oh, for God's sake, on what merit? He was sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum non-parole period of 17 years, meaning he could not be eligible for parole until Until he had served 17 years. And when the verdict was read out in court, Watson simply told the jury, you're wrong, and has consistently insisted his innocence since then. So he's still in prison? He's still in prison. Now this I is have, disgraceful. I have a good bit here on his appeals. Um, and that's kind of the last bit that I have on this case. But just before we get into the appeals, what the fuck? No, that really annoys me because I'm like, every fucking drop of evidence is hearsay, circumstantial. And don't get me wrong, sometimes circumstantial evidence is evidence. Yes. There are m- multiple situations where I will go along with circumstantial evidence in a court case and be like... When it follows... Other things. Other things. Other than just... When there's merit. When there's merit, yeah. But there's like, no merit to any of this. I'm not saying he didn't do it, because who knows, but it, there's no evidence to suggest that he did. There's no evidence to suggest that he did. There's nothing to prove that he did. They don't have 
been in Olivia's bodies. They have no. And like concept the way the police did it with the photos and everything to like, get those confirmations. Sneaky. That's, that's sneaky. Set, that's a that's complete a violation. Like that's a complete violation of his human rights. So how can you trust anything they put or forward? Civil, civil rights. Or yeah. Whatever, but um. But how can you trust anything they put forward? Exactly. Like it's just crazy to me that like I know it was the nineties. I don't care. When but the nineties weren't that long ago. It could be the fucking Jurassic period for all I care. Like. I, I think just, a T-Rex would have handled and the, the case thing better. Is, I'm sure this has happened with a few other cases, particularly, like, I'm, I know it's it's going to seem like I'm singling out the United States. I'm not singling out the United States. That's just where the cases that I are know of, of are yeah. from. It happens everywhere. Don't get me wrong. Not trying to single I out I feel the like Americans. it's just the United States is much bigger, so you it's hear bigger, of much so more. Hear there's more, more crime because there's yeah. more people, you know... It's like, all down to population, oh, I case, suppose. What case was it? It's an Irish case. Oh, my good God. Why can't I think of the names of the victims? But I remember it was, I think, two people, two young people were murdered. I think they were late teens, early 20s. And three young fellas basically ended up getting blamed for it by the guards. And the guards took these three young fellas in, battered them to fucking, like, within an inch of their lives. I'm pretty sure one of them actually died. Um, and I'm sure it turned out they were innocent. Um, now could be wrong. This is all just from memory. My memory's a bit scatty, but Mood. you know what I mean, like. Yeah, no, it happens everywhere. But like, even here, like you know, even like I've often said it to you in terms of looking for Irish cases, it's very hard because a there's lot of Irish cases there's not enough information out there, and um, you know, so and like I find that like things aren't publicised as much here as they would no, be in the likes of other have countries. To say, like, Gonna, um, as always I'm going to give a shout out to Murder Most Irish because I am I adore them I adore them but the amount of work that they put in and the amount of research that they put in like I know they've mentioned they've paid for articles they've yeah. paid for things to you, get you would have to with the Irish stuff really and they always have their cases so well presented and with so much information to back it up and they predominantly do Irish cases. Yeah, so, so imagine how play. much work they have to put yeah. in to get the information. Because it's hard to find. And like you said, they probably do have to pay for a lot of it yeah, to find like the I'm, best parts. I'm sure it was... Well, not um, the best parts given the topic, but you I'm know sure what I mean. I'm sure Emma mentioned in a couple, a couple of episodes back that um, she had to pay for like an article for the Irish Yeah, you'd pr- I was just about to say you um, probably need a subscription to them to get the best To get the best articles. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's sad really because I think... Like cases here in Ireland don't get enough publicity. Yeah. Especially like even as they're happening, like with the Anna Kriegel case, I found out most of what I know about the Anna Kriegel case by looking into it myself. Yeah, like I heard the odd couple of bits here there on the radio, yeah. but nothing nothing specific, more so bullet points of how the trial was going or yeah. kind of small bits, not enough or even considering like the case. All the stuff that's been happening in Fermoy. Like, that's not getting enough publicity. Like, it's... It's shit because, like... What are we referring to? Like, there's been at least two to three sexual assaults and rapes in the last couple I of months. I did hear about one the other week. Right. One the other week. There was that one a couple of months ago Um, in the... Not the park. It was up by the pitch by one of the schools. Like, by one of the secondary schools in broad daylight... Like, I would be nervous. Yeah, like, I haven't heard anything anywhere. We just hear about that because we live nearby, so it's word of mouth. Exactly. Um, but, like, you'd rarely hear anything like anything like that that's happening in a smaller town. Mm. Um, 
on the radio or anything and it is something that's happening like but then it's kind of hard as well because even like my friend in America she has told me like that there's a lot of things even over there that like aren't publicised yeah like, because she's ridiculous. like and the reason she says it is she was like it happens too much it does it we does can't there was like, like it can't be publicised because there'll be something new every two seconds exactly Um, but even like I just think I think it has to be really really huge it has to be sensationalised yeah, for it to be it. covered like it can't just be, oh, a woman was taking her dog for a walk and someone tried to rape her. We're going to talk about this on the news. We're going to talk about this on the radio to raise awareness so that other young women know to be safe in this area. Yeah. Or so that other young men know to be safe in this area because it doesn't just happen to women and it's talked about a hell of a lot less when it happens to young men or yeah. to any man. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, it is crazy. Like, when that spate of spikings was happening where people were getting spiked by injection... Like, and apparently now there's a thing going around where you don't even need an injection. It's just something you rub off someone's arm and it absorbs Ew, into the blood. It's fucking disgusting. But like, that wasn't reported. No, pinch like, of that salt. Was only happening heard in about Ireland. That. It was happening in Ireland. It wasn't as prevalent as in other places in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was happening in Ireland, and the only reason I knew it was happening in areas around me and spaces that I would be Word going mouth, to, people it happened to was because of Irish TikTokers that I follow that yeah. it happened to. I saw it on TikTok. brave enough to make tell a the video story. and tell the story and be like, I'm still in the hospital recovering from this or this is what happened to me. I had to be rushed to a &E, or whatever because you don't know how someone's going to react to yeah, what you Yeah, and then I can't remember who it was, but there was someone I actually know mm. who wasn't 100% sure, but they... they were really bad on the night out, like, and they couldn't place it because they hadn't drank too much or anything like that. And then they did find a mark the next on day. The next day, I think. But I can't remember who it was. But I just know, so like, they don't know for sure. But there's no other you, reason I that they could have that mark. And then exactly. it was around the time we were all here on about that. So two and two makes four. Yeah. But yeah, it just it annoys me that these things aren't talked about as much because there even just are, for the sake of making people aware to be safe exactly because there are people out there who come from more sheltered households where they wouldn't be aware that these things happen where their parents might be like trying to protect them from it by not but by telling protecting them, about them it. you're actually putting them at risk exactly your heart um, and intentions are in the best place but they need to be aware exactly. of the big bad world but like it's people like that who don't know to be aware who don't know like how to take action and protect themselves yeah because like if you think situation. everyone's great what are you going to do hand a stranger or drink and be like will you mind exactly. that while I go toilet and the thing is like I know the things to do to take steps to protect myself to ensure that I don't get spiked and to make sure that nothing but that doesn't mean it would never me. happen but exactly that doesn't a lot mean of people that it, it does happen, happen to are also aware of all the steps and how exactly. to be careful and the only and reason I know to be careful is because I've been spiked yeah and it's awful it took me like three days to recover same i've been spiked before as well i think i don't know for sure but going by the way i was i think i was i know i was um because i was at that festival same i won't name same. the festival because i don't want to get in trouble but same. i was at that festival it was my second year there and i had brought captain morgan's with me don't know why I brought Captain Morgan's. I'm not even, not even a big fan of Captain Morgan's. So maybe I had it was maybe, <laughs> Probably was. Probably was. I was broke college student at the time. But um, I had a bottle of Captain Morgan's with me and a bottle of Jack Daniels with me. And I was but you know what? Them. I think I remember you going through a Captain Morgan's phase. Yeah, but like that weekend, I had with me a bottle of Captain Morgan's, a bottle of Jack Daniels. I didn't touch the Jack Daniels because I was saving it for the second night because there was a couple of acts that I wanted to see. So and that I was, was like, the saving this night, for the for The, the big celebrations. Yeah. Um, but then the Captain Morgans, I had maybe two before we went into the arena. Not a lot. I bought one drink in the arena. I know exactly which tent I bought it in. Yeah. 
and within 30 to 45 minutes after having that drink you would have thought I had necked the whole bottle of Captain Morgan. And at this point, you'd only had two drinks that from was your my, tent out of your own drink. Out of my own drink and one, and one drink, drink that from you a got tent. From and a I wasn't the only girl that got spiked out of that tent that year because I know I was talking to a few people about it. And one girl was like, Oh, my friend reckons she got spiked out of da da da. And I was like, So do I. And then another girl I was talking to was like, Yeah, so, that was the last yeah, place I bought a drink. If the and shoe then after fits. that, I was done. And I remember like Becca couldn't find me anywhere. I was missing for like an hour and a half. What year was that? That would have been, oh God, I was like, I think I was 18, 19, I was 19. So, so five, six years ago, roughly. About five years ago. Five to five, six. six years ago, yeah. So it would have been like... Six years ago in the coming... Uh, in the coming 2018, 2019? I can't do maths. We're in 2022 right now. Minus... Oh, it would have been about 2017, 2018. Okay, one of the two. Um... But yeah, like I went missing for an hour and a half. I have very, very vague memories of talking to people during that hour and a half. Yeah. That was when I was in my oversharing phase. So I oh. was just plopping down at people's tables and just chatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then, like, thankfully, I was able to get myself back to my tent. And I was found face down, ass up, passed out in the tent. But I remember waking up throughout the night and I was just, get like, Not vomiting, well. like acid out of my stomach essentially like something there was, was really not agreeing like and it yeah. was not the captain um, and it was rotten like thank god i fell asleep on my face because my face was turned to the side like i broke my glasses and everything because i passed out um as soon as i got into the tent i must have passed out on my face yeah and um i woke up um i kept waking up choking on my own vomit um but good job you were waking up but like i had enough presence of mind because i hadn't drank much, much. before that happened yeah um, I had enough presence of mind that I remember I was like, I would wake up, I would get sick, I would use a t-shirt that I had to wipe up the vomit so that I wouldn't choke on it, so that I wouldn't drown in it, essentially. Yeah, yeah, like, I had enough presence of mind to look after myself that way. And then the next morning... But thank God, because imagine like, other people who'd had more drinks before that happened. Oh, stop. Like, they might not have had that presence. Reckless. They would have um, needed someone to mind them, like. But I remember I woke up the next morning, started getting sick straight away, and I still toughed it out for the next two days because there was acts that I wanted to see. <laughs> I was... Vigilant Crippled I didn't drink I couldn't drink Even if I wanted to Because I was so sick From whatever I had been given Yeah Um, For the next like Two to three days And it took me ages To like Come back Come back And come out of it Like it was A horrible experience Yeah Absolutely horrible Um so that's there you go that's the story of how I got spiked at a music festival we went on such a tangent there we did and I still <laughs> not finished the case um, so back to it so what are we going on to now appeals, appeals. so him appealing his conviction yeah. so Watson has had many appeals throughout the years his counsel previously questioned the chain of custody regarding the hairs found on the boat blade on the yeah. blanket they suggested that Susan Vintner may have mixed up the hair samples by examining the unknown hairs that were found on the boat on the same table and the same day as she examined the hairs that were known to have come from Olivia. Okay. So it's possible that maybe some of the hairs might got mixed up and maybe that's why only one hair matched. Yes. Because it was from a sample that was known to be from Olivia. Exactly. Not from the sample of the blanket. And now listen to this. Defence also pointed out that there was a one centimetre hole in the evidence bag which contained Olivia's hair. 
stating that this added to the risk of contamination. Of course, yeah. Vintner herself stated at the trial that cross-contamination is a possibility that needs to be considered. The accuracy of the hair testing has been questioned by other experts over the years and remains a topic of controversy. So there is a lot of room here to say that there was cross-contamination. Everything in this has just been so fucked up and wrong. Yeah, everything. Um, In 2000, the defence appealed Watson's conviction and the case was brought to the Court of Appeals in April and May of that year. Mm -hmm. After hearing submissions from both the defence and prosecution, um, the court decided there was no new evidence to recommend a second trial. They entirely disregarded a submission from the defence regarding how the prosecution's two-trip theory had appeared out of the blue late into the original trial. With no evidence. With no evidence. Apart from... But because someone saw that he was in a fight between... Yeah, but did these people see the description of him that actually had the shaved face? Or did they see the description of the mystery man who had a beard and all this long hair and unruly looking and whatnot? Do you know what I mean? Who did they ID? Exactly. It doesn't say. It does not Because it's not like he was seen at the party earlier with the beard and then he did something stupid and then shaved. Do you know what I mean? He was seen before it happened, clean shaven. And I've seen that picture of him on the yacht. Now, they have everyone else's faces blurred out for confidentiality, of course, but you can see him. He's got no beard, freshly shaved. I wouldn't say his hair is unkempt or long or wavy or messy. Yeah. Um, What a load of bollocks. So, in November 2000, witness A contacted the Weekend Herald to say his evidence given under oath was, quote, nothing more than an act, end quote, and that he had done it due to fearing for his life from gang member threats and that police had put him under pressure to testifying, saying, I quote, saying, quote, I agreed on the basis that my life was getting threatened, end quote. A spoke to reporters at the New Zealand Herald for five hours, but refused to sign any documents that might have been helpful to Watson's lawyers. Um, in 2003, Watson's lawyers Mike Antonovich or Antonovic and Greg King applied to the Privy Council, which is the highest court of appeal, and the Privy Council found no grounds for appeal. What is wrong with all these appeals? I swear to God, Josh. The there is rage. no, there was no evidence in the actual trial of any use. The hair evidence was very likely, uh, possibly cross contaminated. Not definitely. And there was a hole in the in the evidence. Exactly. Bag, so that should have been considered contaminated. That anyway. should have been thrown out full stop yeah. and being considered contamination just to be safe. And the fact that two witnesses recanted their like what kind of what type of, of law do they practice? It's crazy. Like two, the two witnesses who ID'd him recanted gave sworn affidavits saying that they were misled by police yeah and that they wanted to retract their identifications because it wasn't accurate there is an actual hole in the evidence bag in the main evidence the only evidence i would say they actually have biological dna evidence that they have yeah um and yet somehow this case was still allowed to proceed um, in 2009, Watson applied to the Governor General for a royal prerogative of mercy, which, when I looked it up, is basically a royal pardon. Because that um, seems to be the only way he's going to get anywhere now. Yeah. Um, he sent a 22-page letter with a copy of Keith Hunter's book, Trial by Trickery, which is written about his case, um, I'm assuming, um, and as well, award-winning documentary, Murder on the Blade, which, again, is about this case. Yeah. Uh, which I want to watch. Christy MacDonald was appointed to investigate by the Ministry of Justice. She produced two reports, one in 2011 and one in 2013. 
She interviewed both Wallace and McNeely, who had identified him and then retracted it because they were misled by police. Yeah. But found that because them recanting their IDs wasn't, quote, fresh, because it wasn't fresh, it didn't raise any reasonable doubt about the convictions. What about the hole in the evidence bag? Yeah, but how did that not raise anything? They're saying that that's actually wrong. That's not who I saw. So what's I, not accu- What's not helpful about that? I, I'm not. I'm not even. I've still got more. I've still got more. I'm take. Um, in June 2015, Watson was successful in a court challenge against the corrections department after they denied him an interview regarding his case with North and South journalist Mike White, who I mentioned at the start. I think. Uh huh. Excuse me. And because he was successful in challenging this, the interview went ahead on November 8th and 9th of 2015 as planned. In November 2017, another application for a royal pardon was sent for Watson. This time it was sent on his behalf by an ex-convict from Auckland who had taken an interest in the case. Also apologies if you can hear the rain. What can you do? We're nearly finished anyway. This application expressed concern regarding the reliability of the evidence relating to the hairs found. This included a forensic report from forensic scientist Sean Doyle where he questioned whether the hairs were really Olivia's and criticised the way that the hair samples were handled at the time of the original trial. How do you put something so important into a bag with a hole in it? Honestly. Or how do you take care of it so badly that a hole developed in the bag? And also, why are you um, having both sets of evidence on the same table at the same time while you're examining? Like, fair enough, if you've one or two, if you have, like, your one unknown strand and your one known strand to, like, compare them with a microscope or whatever. Yeah, because that's something you need to do, yeah. But, like... How do you fuck up? But I keep the rest so far to the left, keep the other far to the right. So badly as a forensic scientist that you yourself have to say in court that cross contamination is a a real possibility that needs to be investigated. So, uh, in June 2020, it was reported that Watson's case was to be referred back to the Court of Appeal due to continuing concern about the reliability of forensic testing carried out on the hairs that were found in the blanket on Scott's boat. Watson asked to be released from jail while while preparing for the appeal, but this was denied to him in October 2021. In May 2022, so just this year, the court agreed that when the hearing does go ahead, Watson would be allowed to challenge whether the identification related to the Blink photo was properly obtained and whether it should have ever even been allowed to be heard by the jury in his original trial. Due to this, the hearing has been delayed to May 2023 to allow the defence adequate time to prepare. So he might actually finally get a retrial. I hope so, and I hope the people on it aren't fucking tick. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2010, Scott's father, Chris Watson, and journalist Keith Hunter made a complaint to the Independent Police Conduct Authority, or the IPCA, Good. regarding the conduct of police during this case. This case. The complaint alleged that the lead inspector, Rob Pope, ignored relevant evidence, spread rumours about Watson and his family, swore false affidavits in order to obtain search warrants, and that police bought or pressured two prisoners into lying And even not only, like, you know, getting false statements in order to get a warrant, but even the stuff that turned up in the warrant from the search was no use. No. Like, there's no real evidence in this case at all. It just like this whole case was twisted and turned and twisted and turned until it fit what they wanted. It's like two biddies sitting down having tea and making up a conspiracy yeah. theory. They also said that police had either deliberately or accidentally contaminated the hair samples found on Watson's boat. This report was extremely critical of aspects of the investigation, 
It states that the photo lineup used by police breached so many rules that it, quote, exposed the integrity of the investigation to justifiable criticism and to the drawing of inferences about intention and motivation, end quote. It also states that the police failed to pursue leads to find the mystery catch seen by many other witnesses. This included failing to pursue witnesses who believed they had seen Olivia, Olivia Hope on board this catch. Like, so not only did they tell witnesses, we don't want your information, they told witnesses who believed they had seen Olivia on this mystery ship, mystery catch, just ignore them. Like. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, the head of the IP- IPCA, Justice Lowell Goddard, said it was, quote, a difficult inquiry and some actions of police fell short of best practice and had the potential to influence They witnesses. did a lot more than fall short. They Badges should be taken. Totally missed the mark, like. Now, Guy Wallace, the water taxi driver, said in later years that it seemed as though the police were keen to pin it on someone. He and the others who were in the water taxi have often thought, what if I had just offered them a place to stay? Excuse me. Wallace also said, quote, I know if Scott wasn't in there, I would be in there because they just had to get someone. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's exactly how it seems. Um, So that's all I actually, this is so horrendous that I do genuinely think that, like... Hopefully, I hope this retrial happens and I hope he gets out. Yeah. And I also hope that people who are investigating get severely investigated themselves. Mm-hmm, right. And I do think badges should be taken because oh, this absolutely. is not, they're not the kind of people you want like, in the police force. Even if this man is guilty. If you're listening, fuck you. Like, <laughs> fuck the Doubt you are, but fuck you if but you're involved like, in the case. Even if this man is guilty, even if he did kill Ben and Olivia, there is no. You still need a fair trial and evidence. That he will ever, ever be definitively caught for it because of the way the police have fucked up this investigation. Now, I don't believe he killed them. No, neither do I. I don't believe for a second that he was involved. I don't see um, anything that actually he came out in him. 2015 and said he never even met the two of them. Um, and there's no evidence to support that they ever did meet or that he ever had any interactions with them. Um, even on that night, I don't think there's any evidence to indicate that they even brushed off each other in the crowd. Um, so the person who actually did this is still out there. Never be caught. I would think because they have had years and years and years to destroy any evidence that could possibly link them. Yeah, and I'm assuming that's obviously what you mean by solved and unsolved. So in the eyes of the police, it's solved. Yeah, but in realistically, eyes, it's not it's solved because they don't have the, the real culprit. Exactly, like they just rushed to judgment. It's literally this. a case of wrong place, wrong time. Not even wrong place, wrong time because there's no evidence in said place. I don't even know. Where he came from as a suspect. They were just like, yeah, we'll go for him. Like, as I said, every other source that I looked at bar Wikipedia just said, police believed this was their man. Yeah, like, and that's basically, yeah, but you know what? Those sources are obviously right because there was clearly no evidence. So they were like, police said so, so it has to be it. And even on the Wikipedia, like, it But I don't understand how many, how so many jurors and so many appeals can be like, "Mm, no. What the fuck? Like, are you stupid? But even, like, the Wikipedia said um, that it was based on... The description but he looked nothing like the witness description yeah of the man on the water taxi so like if they're taking that into account in the next retrial i can't i, I don't understand how it, how it won't be just thrown out straight away and him released and i hope i hope he does get released and i hope he gets severely compensated oh he'll have financially. to he'll have to josh he's been in prison for 
He got sentenced in 1989. He's been in prison for like 23 years. And he was in there years. waiting for the trial as well. Yeah, so he has served a total of about 24 years in prison, like. And because, sure, he wasn't allowed to try and appeal until no. after 17. No, he had to serve 17 years mandatory. Now, he did try to appeal in... No, sorry, it was that he couldn't get probation before his 17 years were up, but he was entitled to appeal because he started appealing in 2000. Yeah, yeah, because so, that's like, only to get it overturned, after he basically. Got, straight after he got sent to prison, he was trying to overturn this. Of course. He was fighting to prove that he was innocent. And now, usually, with a case like this, if someone is protesting their innocence, if I believe they're guilty... I believe they're guilty, but I just do not for a Oh, second yeah, 100%. Like, people can protest their innocence as much guilty. as they want, exactly. but if the evidence is there and I don't believe that they're they're innocent, then I'm just like, they just want to get out. But I, there's no evidence to point to this guy. No, none. No, it's all... Definitely wasn't a fair trial. Definitely no. wasn't a fair investigation. There's nothing right about it. Like, the man has been done wrong. Oh, yeah. Done so, so On an almighty scale. Like, it's actually terrifying to think about that like these are the police these are the people that are supposed to serve and protect they're supposed to investigate whereas all they've really done in this investigation is made another victim exactly like the and like it don't get me wrong he is as much he is a victim but um john smart um ben's father passed away a couple of years ago no idea what happened to his son his mother wakes up every morning and she sees because the blade is parked up it's moored it's yeah. not being used. She can see that ship. She can see that boat from her window every morning. And, like, they do believe that Scott Watson is responsible. I just... I understand wanting to pin it on someone, but I just don't understand how you can think it's them. I don't know. I know grief works in weird ways, and maybe there's they've got their I own reasons and opinions. Police, maybe the police have filled them with crap. Do you know, but, like, like at I the end the police, of the day, like, yeah. The New Zealand police um, in this particular Instance. area... And this particular instance have a lot to answer for. Oh in my yeah, opinion. Rob Pope has a lot of questions coming for him. I don't understand how some sort of charity hasn't gotten involved to try and help. Do you know, like that try and help they, wrongly like, convicted convicts and the, things like that. The Innocence Project in the US, but I don't know if there's anything in. But like, New there Zealand. has to be some sort of even like you know pro bono lawyer or something pro mm. bono lawyer. Well, I think now he has lawyers, and the lawyers that he has seem to be quite good. Um, like they've finally managed to get him, um, a date for. Um, an appeal yeah. um, which will bring into question about the identification finally like, should have been taken into board as soon as it came out that those identifications were retracted like hang on now let me actually show you the ID photos you'll have to um, send them to me so I can post them on the Insta yes um, so I'm looking for but like, oh my god wait, Scott Watson couldn't think of his name there it's ridiculous honestly like let me just show you the photo that they showed um, to be ID'd. If the reception down here will let you, it won't. <laughs> Computer says no. Computer says no. You'll have to show me afterwards. Blonk. Blonk. Blink. I'm determined I'm going to get it all oh, up. Oh, right. there we go. So, this is the... Hold on now. So, this is the photo that they showed. Okay, so see... It so, it does look actually like look like eyes. he has hooded eyes. But he does not at all. That are those. That's what he actually looks like. It was just a poorly timed photo, and yeah. the police were like, "We're going to run with this." So this is the lineup of what they showed. Yeah. Like, and then that's the photo of him from that night. Cleanly shaven. Clean shaven. Short enough hair. Short hair. Like it doesn't look un- unkempt. No. Um. There's the photo again. Like. 
He doesn't sound like the suspect that was described at all, not one bit. No, and like even he's saying himself like he's never going to get justice. It's not looking like and it. And to be fair, the man has spent like 24 years in prison. It'll be 25 by the time... By the time the retrial even begins. Yeah, by the nearly. time it's over and everything. It, yeah. like, that's 25 years of his life. That he's never he was in back. his He was in his early 20s at the time. Like that's half his life yeah. wasted. And like some of the best years as well. Like it's it's actually it's it's horrible. Like it's horrible. And like that's the kind of thing that everyone's going to have opinions on. So some people are still going to think guilty. Other people are going to believe innocent. You know. So like that's something that's going to even if it gets overturned and he does get released, that's something that's going to leave like a stain oh, or judgment on his life. Guy Wallace, when because Guy Wallace was believed to be a suspect initially as well, the water taxi driver, and he said that people he'd known his whole life, he could walk into a room and they'd all stop talking because they so heavily believed the police a stain is put in your reputation because the exactly. people you trust to be honest and do their job properly and find out information are spreading information that's not right mm-hmm. but people would believe it because you know you, you think you, you can believe the, the police. police which is a fair thing to, to you know believe that you can trust exactly. in the police yeah it's the same no I'm not I'm not going to do another comparison to the, yeah. the church no we'll 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 but let yeah, them slide it's just for this one it's an awful it's case and like to this day the smarts and the hopes don't know what actually happened to their, to their children, yeah. to their brother, to their sister, to their loved ones. Like, That's just to not have answers either. And like Ben was 21, Olivia was 17. They had their whole lives ahead of them. Like, they weren't even, was it like they were younger than us? They were younger than us, yeah. I didn't even know what I was at when I was 17. Like, more, I still didn't even know what I was at when I was 21, to yeah. be honest. To be honest, I still now. don't know what I'm at at nearly 25. But yeah, so that is the case of Ben Smart and Olivia Hope. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna see is there a Scott petition Watson, out there? And Scott Watson because he's as much of a victim as them. Yeah, in my like opinion. he might still be here, but he's not living his best life. No, no. He's been a victim as well, a victim of a fucked up justice system. Yeah. Now I'm not like saying it's was, fucked up as a whole, but in this, but instance, in this instance, it's it's like, fucked. He was railroaded. Wrongly done. Yeah. Um, and with so, that, happy New Year. Happy, <laughs> happy New Year. I'm. And we will see you next week for a joint case. Yes, which we've already picked. Shout out to Bob for the suggestion. Roberto, thank you. Robert. Um, and it's actually quite funny that he suggested that because we snapped each other at the same time. I was like, yeah. I think this one, but you'd also sent the snap to him. I was, like, I was oh, taking Bob the snap. Said we should do this. Yeah, so and I opened like, it and I was like, that's literally what I just said. And we had said. given each other the same suggestion. So at the same time. It so was meant to be. Meant to be. Meant to be. But yes, guys. Um, give out those five star reviews i'm going to check again in a while in case there's any added that i haven't seen yet to give a shout out to um but yeah five star reviews on whatever platform you use whether it's apple podcast which is the best one to give the reviews on so please head over there and do that um or any of the other ones and if you want to get in touch find us on instagram facebook i would say twitter but i rarely ever use it nor post Mm -hmm. on it so that's just kind of there for the sake of it these days Um, some hope of finding me on facebook anyway because i never use the fucking thing but yes, here's us up. Twisted talks. Twisted talks. The pod. Um, and Twisted if for talks. any reason anyone needs to email, twistedtalkstopod at gmail dot com. And that is it for today. So thanks for listening once again, and hope you had a really good New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And ciao, adios, I'm done. Ciao, adios, I'm done. Hey.